Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugar cane, Three Roll is cane to glass. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge time. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. One of the first rules in business is to come up with something that solves a problem your target market didn't even know it had. Sounds simple, right? But how do we know what those problems are? And where do those great ideas come from in the first place? With me today to discuss this is Jason Hugenroth, CEO of Cremjoy, which is revolutionizing the soft serve sector with a proprietary technology that has come up with a new, better way to make soft serve ice cream and frozen beverages like daiquiris and ices by basically eliminating the time-consuming and expensive process of disassembling, cleaning, and sanitizing all that equipment. Jason invented the technology through his R&D firm, Inventherm, which specializes in machine design and thermal fluid science for medical, aerospace, automotive, and now soft-serve industries. You may remember hearing about Inventherm a few years ago on this show when we discussed with Jason some of its many other inventions and the topic of intellectual property. Back then, Inventherm had 50 patents on everything from aerospace to medical tech. Now it's up to 60, including the new technology behind Cremjoy. Jason has been designing things for decades. He's an engineer with a PhD in the field and a really cool lab at LSU's Innovation Park. Jason, welcome back, and thanks for being here on Out to Lunch. Thanks, Stephanie. It's great to be here. Indeed. Joining me and Jason is Claire Aylett, creator of Shop the Area, a web-based app that allows customers to shop at local boutiques and retail stores and get same-day delivery within 10 miles of their location. The app strives to bring together the convenience of online shopping while at the same time supporting local shop and boutique owners who we all know have been hammered by competition from e-retail. Claire is a hairstylist by day who began working on the app in 2018 and launched it in early 2020, right before the pandemic. But since then, the company has filled hundreds of orders for local customers and several local retailers have signed on to participate in the network, which is continuing to grow. Claire is a native of Baton Rouge who was working in the hairstyling industry for 15 years before pivoting to this new direction. And Claire, it is such a cool idea and it really does address that need, right, to help local retailers but still provide the convenience. So thanks for joining us today on Out Thank to you. Lunch. Well, Jason, I want to start with you. Um, your firm has come up with, with componentry that is used in space, in healthcare, med tech, like all this like really serious stuff. And how do you pivot to something like soft serve and daiquiris? And how do you even realize that's a problem? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I wish I could remember the exact exact moment when it when it hit us. But um, we, we have done a lot of work um, with projects related to refrigeration technology 
and of course our, our general product development work. Um, we were actually doing some work for a for a client on a countertop type of um, ice cream machine technology, and um, um, I don't know when I exactly became aware of the the problem with the commercial soft serve machine sector. Um, I think maybe something just popped up on YouTube and we started looking at it, and um, we just started to research it. Say, okay, how how big of a problem is this? And it turns out it is the problem in the industry. It is, and and this is because. As I alluded to, your your associate was telling me just a little bit about it, but you have to clean and sanitize these, these tubes and pipes and stuff like every day almost. Right, right you should. It, and it, it depends on locality. And in California, for example, the very strict requires daily breakdown of the machines. Wow. Um, um, it's, it's fairly complicated from, you know, say a dozen to a few dozen components. Um, you have to let the, the machine thaw out. You have to run copious amounts of water, about 20 gallons of water through a two-flavor machine. Um, then you have to take everything out. There's little O-rings. There's pieces. They all have to be clean. That's one step. And then the sanitizing, that's another step in the process. Um, and it's um, at best, I mean, really, if you're doing it very efficiently, it's going to take you about 45 minutes. Um, we've actually done a lot of um, studies on this. And, and the cost, on average, is going to, if you have a two-flavor machine, about the size that it would be like in a frozen yogurt store or something, you're looking at about $6,300 a year and just the wasted product and labor uh, to clean the machines. Um, they generally don't let you know your your most entry-level employee doing it. It's usually managers, owner, operators. Um, so yeah, it is. It's a major problem, um, and it's like I said, it's it's the it's the pain point in the industry. Wow. I want to follow up on that, but Claire, I want to bring you into the conversation because I love the idea for your app, and like I said, it's it's so necessary, but it must have been a really big switch to go from working in the salon to launching an app that is so ambitious and great work. Yeah, it, it's it's been a leap. <laughs> and sure. so what were the steps? I mean, how, you came up with a great idea, but then how did you take it to the level of actually making it happen? Uh... Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, I've never been scared to put like a, a, a visual to something that is in my head. And mm -hmm. one day I was working in my boutique and I decided that, you know, when a delivery service delivered my lunch to me, I, I said, this would fix my problem for all my customers that want me to drop their purchases off on my way home. And at the time, I think I was delivering about five orders a week to customers that knew I was on their route or, okay. or, you know, uh, said I was on their route home. And, um, that just kind of turned into, um, an idea that I really felt like could turn into something because if I was experiencing customers wanting me to bring stuff to them at their convenience in 2018, mm -hmm. before the pandemic, then I can't be the only boutique owner that it, have customers that want that instant gratification, but they don't want to leave their house. Mm -hmm. And then of course, I guess it was divine timing right before COVID it was ready to go public. And, and so since then, I think COVID has, has helped us oh, even sure. though it, it also slowed us down as well. But um, it's to answer your question, how did I, take this big leap uh i don't really know i just took one <laughs> step and put it in front of the other but 
And, and let me just back up because, okay, so like I said, you're a hairstylist, but you also own a boutique. Yes. That sells... Women's clothing, accessories, Okay, so you do both. Like and that. so you as a retailer knew firsthand of the demand yes. for this. For, for a time, I did close my boutique after I got this idea. I see. Because it did become a full-time uh, job in itself to plan it and brand it and do these little things you have to do. My boutique had the most overhead, but mm -hmm. it, it seemed to take the most of me where I felt like I had a future with this app. And yeah. also I had, I have my customers in my salon that I couldn't neglect. So I did take a sabbatical from owning a boutique. And then when 2020 rolled around, mm -hmm. I realized I don't relate to store owners anymore because I don't have that boutique right Interesting. now. Yeah. And so I did dive back into it, and um, my boutique is called Lure, Lure Boutique. Um, and we are online right now. Perfect. But I do have that boutique background, that store owner background, mm -hmm. so I know what they're looking at when they mm -hmm. have to deal with inventory issues and point of sale and yeah. what details need to be worked out when a driver picks up somebody else's order. There's a lot of details to that. So sure. I try to see all angles yeah wow very impressive to to make that kind of a, a transition right um and jason you i mean you always have a million balls in the air i mean inventherm has so many patents to its name and i guess they're all under the same sort of general umbrella but i mean you have designed a lot of different components and ideas and everything for a lot of different kind of companies um this creme joy how is it taking off and what kind of reception are you getting from the soft serve industry and beverage you know beverage industry too? yeah well, well anybody that has uh knowledge of these machines is is extremely enthusiastic and, and we've um we've talked with just a pretty wide range of of business owners that use the machines um people we know some people that sell the machines um and so again, it's it's a well-known problem. I mean, and you know everybody's aware of it. And so um, we are actually, um, you know, our, we're kind of actually hit, hitting this point. You know, the, the whole progression here is, you know, we had the concept, or or we knew there's this problem that we wanted to solve, but but that doesn't mean we had the solution. Uh, it's a it's a pretty entrenched technology. Uh, it's actually the and when you say entrenched technology, what does that mean? Well, it's all the manufacturers, the different soft serve machines are they're essentially clones. I mean, it's, okay. it all works okay. the same way. Gotcha. And and really, ice cream, you know, with the ex of some some small exceptions like dip and dots, everything from homemade ice cream up to industrial production, you know, Ben and Jerry's or Bluebell, whatever. Um, that's all. That process of making ice cream is all the same. They mm -hmm. use what's called a scrape surface heat exchanger and. If you've seen a daiquiri machine or, or made ice cream at home, you, you, you know, you have that sort of that barrel, that cylindrical shaped um, device that you put the mix in and then you chill the outside of it and you have a, a dasher in there that, that scrapes off the ice cream as it freezes and that's, and that's how it's all made. And um, so we actually uh, deviated from that process and we had to develop a new technology for, for actually making the ice cream for, for our technology to work. and, and and what, what we do is we actually were able to contain the mix itself in consumable packaging. And so from all the way from the liquid mix up through and including dispensing, the mix never touches the machine. 
never right. touches the machine. Yeah, never touches it, and so so it all stays like in its own little packet. It all stays or in plastic. And so or you know, something? as far yeah, and and, wow. and as far as you know, at when you're using the machine, it, it's uh, you know you you you're either going to push a button or, or use a draw handle, and it's going to dispense the same way. You're going to fill your cone, so that's going to be uh, that's the similar. Um, but again, the the food safety aspect of it is going to be. Uh, that's the reason for the cleaning. It's a food safety issue. Um, of course, uh, we find that owners of machines, they don't realize that their machines may not be clean. They're going to be interested in the cost savings. Mm -hmm. And so it's a huge cost savings for them. Greater uptime. We can uh, load the machine or swap out flavors in about five minutes versus that 45 plus you know, minute time that they deal with right now. And, and do you know what the size of the soft serve sector is? I mean, how big is it? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's always hard to get really you know super accurate numbers but but from what we're looking at for soft serve alone it's about a billion dollars mm -hmm. uh, market it's about a hundred thousand or so machines sold each year and somewhere on the order of a, a million plus currently on the market and so uh and then when you get into daiquiris. like daiquiris and stuff like that it looks to be Huge. a similar size yeah and, and we're um, sort of like with new orleans down the road we're sort of like in the frozen right. daiquiri capital of the world right right, like, right. I remember doing drive through daiquiris when I was 18. Yeah. You know, and you'd get them on the way <laughs> right. home from school yeah, exactly. on a Friday afternoon. Right. So. And so I guess you can help even grow the market because your technology yeah. is making it easier, right? I mean, well, that would be a goal, right? Yeah, I think we can we can also get into um, new sectors, right? Because right now you really need that <clears throat> sort of com commercial kitchen, you know, or at least commercial you know, sink apparatus and, and everything. Um, to to operate and you know we eliminate that need for water and, and and all those that that difficult process and so we could you know opens it up to you know putting a, um, a machine in is more like a vending application where you could self-serve and in, in, in a number of different opportunities there you're listening to out to lunch i'm stephanie regal i'm talking to jason hugenroth of creme joy and claire aylett of shop the area Claire, when you started working on, on your app, did you hire out or uh, farm out like to a web designer or some sort of a software company or? Uh, we did. We changed hands quite a few times in that really? process. Uh -huh. We um, struck a deal with someone who heard the idea and immediately said, uh, we don't want to charge you anything. We just want equity in the app and then of course uh life happened one of them got married <laughs> one of them i think had a interview with facebook actually a job interview out of nowhere one of them you know life just changed for all of them so sure. they um passed us down to their friends who didn't work out and um i had a contact actually from someone that i worked out with and he said this company's out of india but they work very well they have done Wonderful. work for whole foods sony my company they're invaluable and um that company is called q qed 42 and nice. they they've worked very closely with me to get um our delivery portion okay done and then in the meantime uh i'm actually a full-time college student also and uh I just needed to learn a whole bunch of stuff. I, sure. In this whole process, I realized how much I didn't know. And so I actually decided to go back to school. And I learned a lot about web design, not in a sense of coding, but I learned a lot about how to build websites that didn't involve code. 
And so I was able to do a social media platform that's still in, in beta testing that can tie into the delivery portions so that not only customers can get their items delivered, but they can also have an interactive shopping experience where they can see what other people have purchased mm -hmm. and um, kind of like a Venmo type thing where you can see a feed of what yeah. people have posted if they want to show that to people and stores can share their items and it's um, a social media platform that's kind of similar to Facebook and Instagram except without all of the um, you know things that people don't want to see the things you get flooded with so um, that's great now do y'all do the delivery portion or is that on the retailers you know vendors we do it y'all do it so you yep. employ people who run and mm -hmm. go pick up the dress for so-and-so and drop it yes. off at her house yes uh so we have started to build a team of drivers in the baton Rouge area admittedly that's something that i have struggled to give up control with sure. <laughs> and i have just recently decided to give up control but we are starting to get so many independent deliveries um that's customers reaching out to us to purchase a local delivery um that i can't do it all so sure. i've had to build a team and it's been good it it's been a good lesson to learn but we hire the drivers and we just send them work as we go and mm -hmm. we vet the drivers to make sure that they don't have um any serious history on their background and stuff like that but we do vet our drivers, make sure they're uh, quality because this isn't burritos they're delivering. This could be a $600 handbag and, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, we, it's, they do other jobs in the meantime yeah, that's for great. other delivery companies in between. Fantastic. And Jason, you know, Claire speaks to a point that's probably something that, you know, everybody struggles with that has launched a business, right? This is your idea. This is your brainchild. And then how do you, you know, let others trust others to help implement it and carry it out? I mean, is that something that you have struggled with? Or, I mean, you stay firmly in the, you know, R&D, intellectual property realm and, and don't even really so much get into the operations. Yeah, I, I, don't, have, I don't have conceptually difficulty giving up certain things. Um, but it's always a challenge to find the right, the right people. But um, we really, um, you know, our, our progression has been, you know, we have our team of, of engineers it's it's myself and three other you know in, full-time engineers right now and once we um once we got over our you know we we changed the entire ice cream making process but once we got to the point where, where we're like okay this this is works mm -hmm. um you know we had to start fundraising we were we were funding it ourselves and so i learned you know fairly quickly that that's not my my skill set so we we brought on <clears throat> probably um come up on a year ago now um a good friend of mine uh, danny fields is, is now our chief development officer and um he's um among other things been leading up the fundraising and we've uh now been very successful uh with that we've, we've got a little bit more that we're, we're trying to raise but we're um we're kind of over the hump and so so yeah I'm, i mean i'm i'm ready to grow uh some of our investors we, we have about nine investors and and they're um they also have very good um, expertise in different mm -hmm. areas so we use them as advisors and um, yeah I'm, I'm very willing to to get my hands out of um, things where other people are better than me yeah. and let me focus on 
the development and, and the manufacturing stuff that I, you know, I really know how to do. And, and Cremejoy obviously <clears throat> is like a full-fledged company. And this is, are, are other Inventherm inventions also their own like companies or, or is it more just like technology that you sold to aerospace or medtech? Yeah. Well, well, actually most of the uh, Inventherm stuff, I have had some other internal, you know, stuff that was owned by Inventherm. And, um, but you know, you get to a lot of it that, okay, well, this is going to be 10 or $20 million to get to late stage prototypes in, in 10 years. And, um, so most of what we've done is, is consulting work. So we're doing that for clients. And so even though we, we may develop a lot of the IP, that they, they actually own it. Um, and so, but, you know, when we hit on this, it was, it was yeah, a combination of, okay, we can, we can develop this in, you know, in a couple of years for, for, you know, more like, you know, $1, $2 million, and, and it's a huge market need. Um, and so, but, yeah, so we, but we spun out the separate company for that, and then, of course, that's what our investors are investing in, in Crimjoy, and, and um, we, you know, we, we plan to manufacture and, and, and um, you know, we're going that, that way to development. Cool right name. Now. Who yeah. came up with Creme Joy? <laughs> um, I did. We just nice. uh, kind of brainstormed and, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking for something else that, that doesn't show up on Google, I guess, is my, my method. And I thought it kind of, it brought in that ice cream aspect of it. So, yeah. Excellent. Claire, what about the fundraising aspect um, for Shop the Area? Have you raised money locally or have you needed to go that route or traditional borrowing? We haven't needed to go that route just yet, okay. but um, there's definitely, uh, how do I put this? It's the fundraising is a, is a big deal. Yeah. You kind of go through your, your personal funds. You can allocate for it for, it for a little bit, and um, eventually you get to a point where the technology has to be updated. Right. Um, so we haven't reached out to any uh, investors just yet. Okay. Um, so you haven't tried to raise money yet? No, we, we haven't had to. I think we might be coming up on that to okay. get to the next level. Um, but I haven't really looked into that. And it, it's kind of daunting, you know. <laughs> it is daunting. And, and we always yeah. talk about that a lot on this show um, and the challenges of raising capital in this market. Jason, do you see it getting easier Especially, I guess, since post-pandemic with this whacked-out economy we're living in, are times better or worse now for the entrepreneur in terms of financing? Um, yeah, I, I don't – well, it, it's still difficult, I'll, I'll tell you that. I mean, I wasn't doing it – I mean, I was just really getting starting with it, you know, pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, and one thing that really helped us was, was, one, we actually did get some funding from the uh, USDA. For Grim Joy, specifically. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it um, – it, it impacts some uh, food safety stuff that, that they're interested in. And then, again, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's still a slog, I mean, with, with, um, with the work Danny's doing. It's, but it's, yeah, it's a, I guess I would say that the people in the know and the people kind of involved in the, in the you know, entrepreneurship um, community in, in Baton Rouge and Louisiana, it's a general you know, opinion that it's, it's difficult to fundraise here. And um, it's very much a relationship based. <laughs> Still, and, yeah, yeah. And we just kind of work on it uh, one person at a time and let them spread the word. And, of course, we, um, we bring them. We have a demo machine, so we bring our prospects in and show them. Yeah. And so are your prospects the 
soft serve companies or are they the retailers that sell soft serve or is no, it like McDonald's and Dairy Queen or what? No, our investors are really just um, but I mean in, your individuals. Clients, oh, they're like, clients. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, so our clients are everything from, I mean, our go to market strategy is really not to target the, the big, big chains immediately. We're more like everything from the owner operators to the medium sized chains. Okay. And we'll do that through, um, Restaurant equipment distributors. Restaurant equipment yeah. distributors. So gotcha. that's like our primary customer because they have those relationships um, with everything from individuals to the medium-sized chains. Mm -hmm. And then also they bring in the uh, installation and service networks. Okay, so nice. we let them focus on, on their expertise there and we focus on, you know, um, manufacturing the equipment. And the installation and service networks. I mean, this is a totally new technology. Is there such a network for the Cremejoy proprietary tech? Yeah, it's 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 nothing. Um, our technology is quite simple. The, the refrigeration technology is the same refrigeration technology that's used on you know everything from ice machines and, and your current ice cream machines and and so. Uh, so if it breaks, the Angie's List guy can come fix it. You, that, yeah, I mean you you tend to have you're still going to tend to have people that that are. Um, um, you know, more in that sector that they do sort of restaurant equipment maintenance or restaurant equipment refrigeration maintenance. Um, but this, the stuff we're, we're adding that's different is within the um, sort of skill set to maintain of, a, of your basic, you know, competent, you know, um, refrigeration mechanic and equipment mechanic. And, and before we wrap up, like this time next year, two years from now, are we going to see Cremejoy technology in the Dairy Queens and the McDonald's of the world? Well, we don't, we're Sonic? not sure how, <laughs> how long it's going to take them to adopt us, but um, we're definitely, um, you know, the, the development process is, is long. So where we are is we're, we're at a prototype stage and our, our, um, our plan is it's going to take us about 18 to 24 months to get to late stage prototypes. And those are like, just about ready to manufacture. Uh, we make a few little design changes when you go to actual manufacturing. And so, so we're like at about, you know, two to, to two and a half years to actually have the first production machines on the market. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be looking like five years for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Claire, you are continuing to grow and add retailers to your network and you're working on a mobile app. Yes. Hopefully this time next year, we'll have a couple different teams in, in a few different cities and that you know the app will be through beta testing wonderful well claire aylett and jason hugenroth it's always encouraging to hear about such great ideas coming from locally based entrepreneurs you know so often we think great ideas are only coming out of austin or silicon valley and it's important to remember homegrown talent is also making meaningful contributions to the way we live and work and shop and eat soft serve Thank you all so much for your hard work and for sharing your stories today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Great. Thank you for having me. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Jason Hugenroth of Cremejoy and Inventherm and Claire Aylett of Shop the Area. We had to edit this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and learn more about Cremejoy and Shop the Area by going to our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at, at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. 
Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 